0: Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. This will be season three, the training camp edition. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Dixon, here as always with Michael Parker. Mike, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing?
1: Man, I've been chopping at the bit to talk some football with you. This has been a long time in the waiting. It was a rough off season. I know. Um, but we had a training camp uh, just like the New York Jets and Hard Knocks. <laughs> uh, I will be playing the Aaron Rodgers role of the lovable asshole. And you will be playing the guy who wants to eat the charcuterie. The
0: You <laughs> did have my number. Was that Devin uh, or, or Tavares Sweet or whatever? Yeah. Or something like that. I think was his name. Okay. Smart, I think. Smart. Smart. Smart, not sweet. Yeah. You're Right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it, man. I love a charcuterie board anytime I can get one. So, um, yeah, like uh, I'm excited too, man. I'm really uh, been looking forward to this for a while now, and uh can't believe the season's already here so
1: it's been a long off season I was kind of happy to kind of take a break when we did um but man I think about I don't know two months ago I was like we got to get back at this
0: so yeah Mike I guess we're going to just kind of get into it man and start uh start off with our divisional rankings and and kind of go through go through what how we think this season's going to shake out
1: yeah let's look ahead at the 2023 season
0: All right, so let's just uh, shoot through our visions Like starting with the AFC East And kind of going in alphabetical order Through the AFC and then the NFC Um, I'll let you go first uh, with your AFC East
1: All right, AFC East um, We're going to start off kind of with a bit of a take here I have the New York Jets The New York Football Jets Finishing uh, first place in the AFC East Followed by the Buffalo Bills uh, The Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots Somebody had to come in fourth
0: all right, I I think that this division is going to be all like the worst team in this division is going to be right around 500. I know you can't be 500 anymore, so that um, whatever seven and seven, 10, 8 and nine, nine and eight, they're going to be right in there. But I had uh, I mean almost it, like, the New York Jets are absolute last place in my book. I don't think they're going to do. I think their offensive line is beat. You could see it in in the uh, Hard Knocks episode. It's the first time that the Hard Knocks team is not like doesn't have a special place in my heart. Like after after this uh, after this season's uh, Hard Knocks uh, training camp.
1: So uh, once again, a lot of emotional reaction from you <laughs> into something very do, small. Man. But okay. let's 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 break their team down though. Okay. right? So you have one of the better quarterbacks. You have the, at least the second best quarterback in that conference, future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers.
0: Conference?
1: Uh, sorry, in the division.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. They have the best defense in the division. I.
0: Argue? I mean, they, that, they have. They, you they can have, argue that. They point, have
1: but. probably the best wide receiver group in no, the division no, no chance there's no depth there is no chance is Miami,
0: no... Miami's starters are oh, the best that's right. Miami no, the has the best right. wide right. receiver correct. stand
1: corrected stand corrected they're better than Buffalo okay so top to bottom I just think they're a better team now you do call out the offensive line there are some problems there we got Dwayne Brown former all pro at left tackle we got Beckton, who hasn't started a lot a lot of people have kind of been panning him as a as a as a, a player that's not working out in the NFL. Right. Uh, a bust. I think he has a comeback year. I think they pull it together, especially against Buffalo. Not really a pass rush uh, with Von Miller out for the first four games of the season. It's not a good start for them. Um, I think uh, Poyer, their starting safety, is injured and may not play on Monday night. There's a lot of things to just... Point to, and here's the other thing. I think from a variability standpoint, Josh, uh, Josh Allen has the the largest variability in what his performance looks like game to game, you know, um, part of the season to other part of the season. He could throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. He could also throw for 250 and three picks. Um, we'll see what. I just watched him last year. It could have been the elbow, but to me it's like it's in injured. his it's between his ears though. Because he's he's taking shots knowing that he can't do certain things. So I just I wonder why
0: I feel you know, I feel like going into that buffalo or the He's too much of their offense. Yeah, that could be. I mean that could be. Um I just feel like that team was so good going into that Damar Hamlin game last year where he obviously almost died on the field, and I think that took a huge toll on them mentally. Uh, I I don't know how it couldn't have taken a huge toll on them mentally. Um, you know, interrupted their whole flow. I you know they were the number one seed going into that game, right? Like yeah, they but have, they, they, had hadn't really, they hadn't really they
1: had Yeah, but I mean, this is why they play the games, right? Cause we've seen these swings throughout from first four games. They were the most. The greatest—they were steamrolling everybody offensively, and then all of a sudden at the end of the season, they can't really get it together. Now you got yeah. like some weird headline infighting stuff. Um, it's just the running game, I think,
0: is the key for Buffalo this year. It, um,
1: you're putting a lot on this Cook kid. I just yeah, I don't no, think I, it's good. I think it's their it's, best running. Be their tough. best runner, obviously, is Josh Allen, and I think Absolutely. that's the problem.
0: But I'm going to tell you, Mike, I don't have Buffalo as my winning team of the uh, AFC East. I have Miami winning the AFC East. And that – I'm going to preface this by saying if Tua gets hurt, obviously all bets are off. But I think if Tua stays healthy all year, that that is the best team, maybe the best team in the AFC.
1: I just don't know if their off or their defense is quite there yet. They took I mean, some they injuries. Got, they,
0: they got a uh, – what. Uh, Bradley Chubb from Denver last year. They they've got it. some. It didn't help that guys. much.
1: Didn't help that much last season.
0: Yeah, but they had no offense last season either after Tua went down. So I, I just I have a they like the 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 absolute freaks they have on offense. Just is like it's going to be hard to guard those guys. I guess
1: so. I look at it like this: you have a fast car, sports car. It's in the shop a lot because it has to be driven a certain way. It has to be right. And if anything doesn't work right in that thing, it breaks. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look at Miami. They are a sports car and they can go 180 miles an hour or they could be in the shop on on a, you know, yeah. rack.
0: So anyway, my my AFC East standings, Miami, Buffalo, New England, and the New York Jets. I just think I just Bill Belichick, I don't think he's ever finished in last place well, as a head coach so in that division. So I just think he, he he can scheme up a defense that can stop people. I think
1: they'll have a really good defense, but I think you can light that offense on fire. We'll they, see, they, man. They, we'll see if Mac
0: Joe—I mean, I couldn't believe that they— Cut. We. I. had mentioned to you when you were over here the other day that they. I couldn't believe they cut Bailey Zappi or uh, whatever his name. Is. I know his last name Zappi. I can't remember his first name. <laughs> Get it wrong every time. But. Uh. I did see they brought him back on the practice squad, but that was. I felt like that maybe was in Mac Jones' head a little bit. I don't know what it was, man. Maybe a sophomore slump. I'm hoping he comes back and does well. Um. I think he will.
1: I. I think for him last year he regre- regressed because he didn't have a proper offensive coach. Yeah, that's scheming true. Scheming plays. Right, I think they, they have they that a, now. Uh, yeah. I still don't have a lot of faith in who he is and his arm and his ability to run a football team. Um, they don't have any real their, – their running back core is solid, but nothing that you're scared of that you game plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way that they win is pulling everyone into the quicksand.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that this division is going to prey on each other quite a bit. and That's like the one said- thing.
1: I think it's probably top three. I, my initial reaction that this is the best division in football. Right. But then I kind of started looking at a couple of others, like the NFC East and the uh, AFC North. Um, and I kind of went, Ugh. they're right in there, though. Right. So the AFC East has to play the AFC West. So that's Kansas City. Um the Chargers. Uh, they both went to the playoffs last year, and Denver, which has a really good uh, defense, so it's not going to be an easy game. And they play the NFC East, one of the other power divisions. That's true. In 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 the league. All right. Enough about uh, my Jets at number one here. Um, where are we going? <laughs> AFC North. Okay. Um, I have number one Cincinnati, two Baltimore, three Pittsburgh, and four Cleveland.
0: Um, our first two were just switched. I had Baltimore. I think that, I mean, I think it's put up or shut up time for Lamar Jackson. You, they're giving you a bunch of weapons now you better go use them. And they gave you that huge contract. So it's time to, for him to prove it. Um, and I think he'll, I think he'll step up um, Cincinnati. I just feel like, you know, Burr got dinged up in the preseason in the in training camp, um, you know, injuries he's been injured before. I just feel like, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be tough.
1: He's been injured the previous two, uh, training camps, preseasons, and he went to a Super Bowl and he went to the, uh, AFC, AFC championship game.
0: I'm just saying, I think, uh, yeah, and I, I, think and I, and I
1: disagree with your idea that it's put up or shut up for Lamar Jackson. I don't think that that is in his mind at all.
0: At I think all. he wants to, I think he wants to show people what he's worth. Because, I don't think
1: it matters at this point. Yeah. He's just going to go out and ball. He's going to do what he can. But I yeah. just don't know what that team looks like. It, to me, it's an X factor. That's why I put him in at second. They're going to be in the playoffs. Um, they're always going to be a tough out. So I'm not putting that. I'm not saying that you know this yeah. isn't close. Um, I also think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh for me is that team, that seventh team. So it's like the Chargers, Miami. Yeah. Pittsburgh like those that that level it's really hard to tell it's
0: going to be interesting that's going to be a very fun division to watch I think absolutely I think it's going to be a lot of fun and because honestly I mean yeah like I, I was watching something a YouTube video or something the other day and they were talking about Deshaun Watson and it's like this guy's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL he's at least the third best quarterback in his division I mean I Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are both far superior to him and you take I mean go to the AFC East I think obviously I would take Josh Allen over him I would take Aaron Rodgers over him I would take probably Tua over him just from a skill standpoint regardless of the shit off the field it's really um, hard for he, me
1: to disassociate that so it's I I'll, yeah, I'll, I just feel I'll like stay. I feel
0: like this this year for him is put up or shut up like he's gonna be I, I saw you gotta walk away from that deal somehow like you gotta who's we i mean cleveland has to you it's you. it's the most
1: i'm not come on <laughs> i know I like to give it's, you shit it's the about most cleveland, cleveland decision they have the most cleveland browns owner i mean he was <laughs> like in court for you know embezzlement right. they have the most cleveland browns uh, quarterback, he's borderline degenerate. He's out there throwing. He's a garbage man. He's out there throwing garbage bags into the back of a um a garbage truck. That I mean, watch his preseason. I they showed every drop back in his last game, and he looked horrible. Still
0: looks horrible. That's the thing, man. It's like. You take almost two full seasons away from football. Like it's not easy to come if back and the get Browns,
1: that back. If I was the Browns, I would be absolute. If I was a player on the Browns, I'd be absolutely furious because this is a really good team, and they just need some stability at mm-hmm. that one position, and they can really make a move.
0: I Think you're right, man. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to watch the NFC or the AFC North. I think it's going to be a fun fun one to, to keep an eye on throughout the year. So. What, uh, what's your AFC South look like?
1: Uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee Titans, uh, Indianapolis Colts, and the Houston uh, Texans.
0: I just had the, I had the same top two with Houston and then Indianapolis. I feel like I think that Houston's defense is going to put them aside a little, set them ahead of Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor's situation up in the air, unless he comes back, which it sounds like, The bridges have been burned there. That, um, you know, I mean, if if he comes back, then obviously I think that Indianapolis is probably the third best team. But without him and a rookie quarterback starting, I just feel, I mean, they both, obviously Indianapolis and Houston both have rookie quarterbacks starting. I just think that, you know, without any kind, any semblance of a run game in Indianapolis, it's going to be tough to to compete.
1: I think this is going to be a scenario like what you see with the Buffalo Bills that, that quarterback is going to be the main runner. Um, I don't think it's anywhere close to the quarterback situation that you see in Houston. C.J. Stroud is not that kind of guy. Is he even he's starting? He's a pocket passer. I don't.
0: Think I he's, assume. I don't. I, I haven't heard, but I, yeah, I don't. I haven't really kept too great of a, a grip on the Houston situation. So,
1: but for all intents and purposes, the coach of Indianapolis, Steichen, really knows his stuff. He knows how to game plan uh, against another team very well. Uh, I assume he's going to put his guys in position. Um, there's going to be a running back commit by committee. I think they're they're under they're understaffed when it comes to their wide receivers. Um, Pittman's their number one, and I think he's probably a two or three on another team. Um, so I think they have some problems there. Their defense has been pretty good, or at least flashed flash of goodness um, over the last couple of years. Um, so. They're old, though, so it's it's hard to say where that's going to go. I just right. think Houston is a dumpster fire on offense, and I just ultimately think if you can't put points on the board, um, I don't expect you to win, even with yeah. a solid defense. And that's all they are, a solid defense.
0: Right. Well, obviously, I'm not going to argue too hard over third and fourth place in the AFC South. I don't have either of those teams going to the playoffs anyway. But uh, I only
1: have one from this division.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me too, me too. Um. All right, man. AFC West.
1: Well, Kansas City by a by a mile.
0: How can you pick against them? You I mean, can't. You can't. Even in the, like, I don't. Yeah, even like Super Bowl stuff. It's like, how do you like? Where do you knock them out at? Like they're just on another plane of existence. You can get to them. The you
1: can get to them in these championship games when you got two really good teams, you know, facing each other. If in that that season of the quarterback, you kind of watch them winning by three points and. Two points and they, I mean right. they're they're doing what they need to win which is why they want you know why they're you know world champs right now yeah but there's always like one play goes a different way for example that out of bounce uh late hit mm-hmm. they're not in if that doesn't happen they're not in field goal range and they have a very a few seconds to get that ball up the field right so that could change everything and then Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl right All Right. true All right, so my second team, man, I really have a lot of faith. So, KC, Chargers, Denver, Las Vegas. So, the Chargers, I think, is the team I'm most excited to see what they look like. Um, I don't know if their offensive coordinator is what he's been built up to be, but what is it, uh, Kellen Moore? Um, Yeah. But man, Justin Herbert has me just like that guy can throw the football. I'm excited to see. I, I'm not really, even though his, his wide receivers are pretty good, great route runners, not burners. Um, they win 50, 50 balls. Um, I'd like to see them get downfield a little bit. Um, what qu- question at running back, uh, Eckler's there, but you know,
0: is he holding? No, he's not holding out. No, I
1: don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: um. I had the same AFC West standings as you did, I think. I mean, Las Vegas looks terrible. The
1: only thing they can do well is Max Crosby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and again, the Chargers, I think that, yeah, like that just goes again. There's two more quarterbacks in this division. There's one in the AFC South that are all better than the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now. That that just can't sustain, but – Anyway, um yeah, I'm ex- like I I think that I'm I'm hopeful. I still hate the Chargers coach. I know I went on a diatribe at the end of last season about how he should be fired yeah. and I hope he would be, but he obviously didn't get fired. I think this is a make or break season for him. If they don't succeed and go I think probably either win the division or at least go win a couple games in the playoffs it's going to be he's going to be out on his ear i would imagine
1: yeah i think if they don't make the playoffs he's probably out i think they gave him the leeway um that any coach would want and they brought in a new offensive coordinator somebody to kind of that's better at game planning for the type of personnel that they have so i'm excited to see you know where that goes all right, that's the AFC. What about your NFC? Let's go. Start with the East. Yeah, um, this one's pretty easy, I guess. Uh, for me, it's kind of chalk from what last last year was. I got Philly, uh, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Commandos.
0: I just swapped the Giants and the Commanders there. I think, you know, I don't. We don't know what Sam Howell is. I guess, and like, if he is like a decent, serviceable NFL quarterback with their defense, like he could. They could be third place in the NFC East, so I mean, not that that's like a huge accomplishment, but um, I think they could possibly get got out you of into the playoffs seven. last year. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, so I I just feel like the Giants, man. I I've never thought that Daniel Jones was a good quarterback, and the fact that he got paid so uh, so so well, it just is crazy, man. Do Kids grow up to be an NFL quarterback.
1: I trust Dayball. I do too. I really liked it. I think the only coach of the year to like when his team finished like seventh in his comments and still won coach of the year. So to take what to take, what he he got better this year offensively, at Mm -hmm. least I don't know a lot about their defense, but they were definitely scrappy last year. Um, I think Washington's front defensive front is one of the best in the league. Uh, But I don't have a lot of faith in their run game and their quarterback at this point. Um, they have some pretty good wide receivers on that team. But I just – their coach is Ron uh, Rivera, who I guess last year didn't even know that if he won the game, he would have gone to the playoffs. Yeah. One of those like, oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, to right. me that's – and whatever this was going – whatever was going on with the fight with enemy what he kind of like – was talking about the players were complaining about Biennemi, and it just...
0: <laughs> yeah, bizarre. bizarre. He, he's
1: just a bizarre dude, and I, I don't trust him as a football coach. He was, I guess, a, a he was stable from a, from a leadership standpoint when you know, the football team was going through this Daniel Snyder stuff. Mm-hmm. But if they really want to compete in this league, they're going to have to get a better coach.
0: Now, are they officially sold now? I know that yeah. it was... Are they? Okay, good. I wasn't sure. Um, I know, did you, kind did of... you see that
1: drunk dude on the um, on that preseason game when he tried to sh- when he was talking to uh, Troy and and Buck and he, and he tried to shake Buck's hand when he was kind of like using him to talk?
0: Oh no, I did. <laughs> I did not miss that. That's uh, hilarious though. I was like, who is this? He
1: was just wearing like a polo shirt. He looked like some I don't know forty year old podiatrist <laughs> or something kind of, uh... or sixty year old podiatrist. Good for
0: him, now. man. Good for him. Living
1: his best life. Yep. I feel sorry for that uh, that fan base.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Uh, all right, NFC North. All right, I think this is kind of... A this bit- is, I already know we're going to differ greatly here, so...
1: I got Green Bay, Detroit, Ooh. Minnesota, and Chicago.
0: I just heard, I, I'm just going to, I just want to, before I tell you mine, I just heard a... A podcast from like a, one of the guys that covers uh green bay say that he's pretty sure that jordan love can't play football it's just terrible he's like he's terrible reading the f- coverage he's not a good quarterback all that i was just like what the hell and i just drafted jordan love uh as my backup quarterback last night for uh, my fantasy football league so i'm not too excited about that anyhow um, I have again Green Bay at last place in my uh, conference or in my division rankings. I have Minnesota. I just think that they're going to rack up a bunch of close, like garbage wins, like they did last year, and they're going to their record's going to look way better than it really is.
1: You can't um, expect them to perf- to to win like that again. That was an anomaly. The statistically that kind of stuff doesn't happen. There's going to be regression there. And I, don't, I think it's going I don't to be a four or a team. five game regression. I don't
0: think there's a team though in that division that is going to take the the reins Green from
1: Bay. That. They're a better team. They're a, they're one we'll of the see. youngest teams in the league.
0: We'll see. And man. I think
1: Jordan Love's better than than whatever that guy is talking hope, about. I, I mean, hope just watch the tape. I, I mean, hope tape he is, says man. he's I know. better. He's hitting his he's hitting his uh wide receivers. I hope Matt LaFleur is able to run his offense more of a a zone read. So I uh, Aaron Rodgers was all West Coast. He didn't want to run LaFleur's offense at all.
0: I'm I'm just telling you what I look this impacted. I changed my rankings around today because of because of that guy just i'm like i'm i I don't because i knew you were going to pick green bay first and we need to have some parody on this goddamn podcast that's not parody
1: all right anyway
0: balance whatever you want to call it uh yeah so this team i i i I had first until today I, i had my first and second place team switch i have the chicago bears I am a Justin Fields first? believer. I am a no. I have met second now, but uh, I am a Justin Fields believer. I think that that kid is exciting. I think he, uh, yeah, he can run. He can throw. He's got a cannon for an arm. Not best accuracy, maybe, but he's got now. He's got some weapons out there. Um, at least in the passing game. I know the running game is still a little suspect, but I. I I'm excited to see what these guys can
1: do. Nothing has changed with the Chicago Bears. Oh, I am see. I am shorting Justin Fields all and right. his career.
0: Uh, then I have Detroit. and I was all
1: in on him last last year.
0: Yeah, I'm. We switched spots, man. Yeah, i um, I got Detroit. I, third. I saw him in
1: the preseason. I'm out.
0: Yeah, I got Detroit third, and I have I'm like got... Mark
1: Cuban on that show. <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> I got I'm the, out. I got Green Bay fourth. So uh, I'm excited though. I think that's another division though, where I think like like you said, I don't think Minnesota. Um, I think Minnesota could definitely regress by a few, couple of games, but I think division is going to be very competitive all the way through. I think there's a, a lot couple of, of games.
1: They're not going, they're not winning 11 games. I,
0: would they win last year? 13 and four. Yeah. I think they, I think they could win 11 games ah. anyway. All right. Um,
1: maybe, maybe nine and eight. <laughs>
0: all right. Mark my words. Nine NFC and eight. South. NFC South. What are we doing?
1: All right. I got new Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay. I think three and four are unassailable. Lock them.
0: Okay, I have Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Carolina. I don't trust uh, whichever Carr brother plays for Tampa or for uh, New Orleans now. Um, Tampa Bay has no quarterback. I, I, I don't. We don't know what Desmond Ritter is.
1: Tampa Bay is the oldest team in the league. I mean, honestly, I don't know why you'd put them at three at this point. There is yeah, no probably, hope probably, for that team. This I year.
0: mean, I just feel like maybe they can chip off a couple against Carolina. Who's Mike Evans is team.
1: traded by mid season. You think so? Absolutely. I, well, he's sure. irritated this year. They didn't re-sign him.
0: Hopefully for him, he's they're trying. not having,
1: they're not talking to him right now. And honestly, if, if they're going to, they're going to tank. Yeah. That's why you bring Baker Mayfield in to tank. Yeah, it's probably true. Um,
0: now, new yeah. Orleans,
1: on the other hand, they, they have, They have probably the best defense. Now, they could regress. They're They're one year older. So I think they have, in the division, the best receiver core. Yes. I think Derek Carr, new space, weapons to throw to.
0: I mean, I'll take that back. Hold on. I think Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are better players than the players that New Orleans has. But I think that they have no, I mean, they have no quarterback whatsoever. At least Derek Carr can throw the ball.
1: I don't know about Godwin, but I got you.
0: Um, but Atlanta, man, that's the team. I'm. I'm I want. I can't wait to see uh, Bijan Robinson uh, in live games. Like I, they still have Kyle Pitts, who is arguably like the third or fourth best. Um, you know, fantasy. I, I think they could have a.
1: Top, sure. I think they could have a top five offense. I think the distance between one and two for me is very narrow. Yeah. And the reason I put Atlanta at two is because their defense is not good. I'll at give all. you
0: that. I'll give you that. I I think it's going to be. I, that's another. i are going to have to boat I, race everybody. I love. I love the beginning of football season, man. Like possibilities are freaking endless. Well, that's the and thing.
1: The variation. The when do the defenses. Catch up, or right. the offenses out of sync. Like you expect defenses slowly over the course of the season to get better right. at identify some of these things, um, but it's you know I've, we've seen games where it's just like all of a sudden it's three to zero or something like right. that. It's just you know you never know until we start getting into about week four. We'll do our power rankings for week after week four. Quarter, and then yeah. I think we can figure out we'll, we'll do a better job of figuring out who's who's who up there.
0: All right. Let's uh, let's go uh, NFC West. All
1: right. I have Seattle at number one.
0: You fucking asshole. I was going to do that's That was my pick. I thought I was going to get you pissed off about that. <laughs> no, All I right. I got San
1: Francisco at Excuse two. Excuse my language,
0: everyone. <laughs> um,
1: I have the Rams and then the, the Cardinals at four. Same. Same. Now, Seattle. First of all, let's talk about San Francisco. I think they're one of the best teams on paper in the league, probably top four. I think there's some interesting variability in their offense. Everyone thinks that no matter who you put in at quarterback, it's going to work. Shanahan really likes Darnold. So I I think if Purdy doesn't work out, he won't be afraid to pull him and get Darnold in there. Um, I think the whole Mike Shanahan or, uh, Kyle Shanahan can like play any quarterback at offense is going to end this season. I think it's not, it's going to, all they need is one piece to go down. Kittle's
0: not playing in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. He's dinged up. Like that's, that's CMC a
1: has an injury history. Debo. I mean, these guys aren't exactly, you know.
0: Well, and I just sent you that, uh, that tweet today from over the cap.com saying how, I mean, they're, next year, they are in salary cap purgatory, and they, they don't even have Joey Bosa under contract right so now. So
1: right now, I don't think he plays game one. He has all of the leverage in the world right now. And I think if they don't re-sign him, if he doesn't play a, a down for them in the first four or five games, like that could be a problem for them. I think they're really, really good at defense. Yeah, I I don't know how else to put it. They're probably top three defense in the league.
0: Absolutely.
1: But I don't know if the offense is going to be there. We'll see. I mean, I don't like teams with a lot of turmoil in there. A lot of things going on. Some teams can pull it together and figure it out. Um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of stuff up in the air. And Seattle, I just, man, this is a long shot. Don't get me wrong, right? If if we're, I didn't want it to be chalk, and I wanted that's why I did it too. But but I wanted my picks to be realistic in a way, right? Absolutely. We're we're shooting for a little bit. We're giving them credit in place. We're giving them credit for an improved run defense, right? We we drafted pretty well. We got some good young talent on the team. Um, I think we can run the ball. I think we're going to be able to defend the run better. I think we have a really really good wide receiver core. Now DK Metcalf can run some routes. I am um, going to be over the moon, and I think Geno
0: Smith and Jigba is gonna. He's.
1: I I think that's going to be amazing. Once kid you know, looks making sure, fantastic. Yeah, really good. I mean, he's been they, they've been
0: raving about him yeah. ever since. And I uh, think Geno. I
1: think Geno is going to be at the top of the league as far as quarterback numbers go this year.
0: Okay, I like it, man. I like it. I will be happy if that is the case. So. All right. Do you want to just run down like your one through seven seeds in the AFC or how, how do you want to work this out? Or do you just want to go through like, just say who we think is going to the Super Bowl? All right, or? So
1: we went through this exercise to ultimately get to who we thought was in the Super Bowl and who would win. Right. But for me, I just couldn't just come up with some random stuff. I had to look at it and then walk through the playoffs. Okay. So part of that exercise is I ranked one through seven, uh-huh. all the teams and both divisions. So let's start with the AFC. I have number one, Kansas City. Same with me. Number two, the Jets.
0: I have number two, Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'll I'll let you go. Three,
1: Cincinnati. Okay. Four, Jacksonville. And then Baltimore, Buffalo, Chargers. Now, I already mentioned that Chargers, I I love that pick. It could be Miami, it could be Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, that's my seven.
0: Okay, we only have one difference, um, and it's our number two. Because I have Miami as my number two. You don't have Miami in the playoffs. You have the Jets at number two. I don't have them in the playoffs. Uh, Then I have Baltimore at three, uh, Jacksonville four, just like you. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chargers as my three wild cards.
1: Yep. All right. So I have the 7 2 matchup uh, Chargers, Jets, uh, 6 3, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and 5 4, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Ultimately, this gets me to Cincinnati at KC and the um, AFC championship game. And I have Cincinnati winning.
0: Okay. Um, I have it ending up as Kansas City-Baltimore with Kansas City winning.
1: Okay. All right, let's move on to the NFC. Okay. Um, my number one, Philadelphia, Green Same. Bay, okay, Seattle, New Orleans, Dallas, San Francisco, Detroit.
0: All right, mine. Uh, I have Philadelphia, Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons. I don't need the. I don't need the laughter. okay? Oh, man, it's
1: just like Kel, I don't need it, the it, laughter. I don't, hey, Kellen Munn is not playing for them anymore.
0: I know. It's it's a shame. It's a travesty, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, Minnesota two. So Seattle three. Atlanta four.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Dallas five. Uh, San Francisco, six, and the Chicago Bears, seven. And I have Seattle beating Philadelphia in the the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl.
1: This is ugly for you. There's no way they're going to the Super Bowl. I have them actually losing to San Francisco on the divisional round.
0: (sighs) All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Or
1: actually in the wild card round. All right. So ultimately, I have Green Bay at Philly, two with Philly winning and go to the Super Bowl.
0: I have Kansas City um, not at a neutral site. It's a Super Bowl uh, against the Seattle Seahawks and Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. I
1: have I have Cincinnati winning. I think this is for that the time for them to get off the schneid. they were right I would
0: there. I would like to see that. And everybody you should probably run to the casino or to your app or wherever you bet and put down whatever Mike just said for. What was your Super Bowl Cincinnati over Green Bay? Uh, Philly. Philly, my bad. Uh, I would go to the sports book right now and make that bet because Mike picked uh, Kansas City or Philadelphia as his uh, preseason selection last year. So I might just throw a few bucks on that. I don't know. think <laughs>
1: give it a five spot. Might as well. All right, as well. Well, thank you for that. All right. So that's it. That's our picks. Um, now yeah, let's look forward good. at uh, week one. Um, the way that I broke this up, we can look at. Some games that we we're really excited to go see and why, and I have five bets. Um, I just did uh, the, the um, uh, not the money line, but. Uh
0: point spread yeah i did the okay. point
1: spread very simple no no par- no massive parlay, parlay. <laughs> oh. well, well i have to wait to gauge. right that, that, that i felt
0: too i only did three because i was like i was looking at every line and I'm like man this is like really tough right i you just i don't know enough of any of these teams i'm yeah, not than, doing
1: kansas city minus yeah. seven with a t- Kadarius
2: right. tony the only game touchdown. i feel
0: somewhat confident about is i feel like the talks will probably win but Aaron Donald could wreck our whole world in like an instant by himself. So anyway. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, so so the first what games one I, are you looking
1: for? Yeah. So that, I really have a lot. Like to me, Pittsburgh is a wild card. I love their coach. I like their defense is going to be insanely good. Kenny picks an X factor. Um, he's looking good in preseason. I don't think they're running game's that good, but I wanted to put them in the playoffs. I
0: wanted to put in the playoffs so bad, yeah, but I just couldn't figure it out.
1: I need Kenny Pickett to show me. Yeah, can, can he? Can he deliver? He really didn't.
0: And this is going to be a hell of a test in Week One. I mean, even without uh Nick Bosa against San Francisco, it's going to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I,
0: this was my number one game too. I want. I want to see how that Pickett
1: offensive line holds up. They haven't been that good over the last couple of years. Yeah. So. Hopefully it's there. They can hold up.
0: I, I like, you know, Kenny too, man. He's he was. I, I've liked him since he played at Pittsburgh. Like he was always fun to watch. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm anxious to see what he can. Do. I think this I was... love George Pickens too, man. He's one of my. He's kind of a sleeper. Uh, like I, I I wanted the Seahawks to draft him last year. Really bad. I thought he would have been a great fit, but and, and you know he's just yeah he kind of slid under the radar because some injuries and I think some off field stuff. So. Uh, but yeah anyway alright what's your next game
1: uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland I want to see how Burrow looks um, and I kind of want to like hate watch Watson I want to see him confirm what I'm seeing with my eyes that mm-hmm. he can't do this anymore and I really want that to be a lesson not only to the Browns organization the rest of the NFL that, that dealing with guys like this gets you nowhere and yeah. just go see um his name, I'm so far out of my mind right now. The backup at New Orleans that went to Florida State. Oh, Jameis, yeah, famous just, Jameis. Just see Jameis and like his the horrible things that he's been accused of, and like how just mentally not there. And, um, man, his fall from grace is insane.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I'm hoping to see okay. kind of a Jameis Winston decline <laughs> out of Watson, out of the
0: uh, yeah all right what's uh what's your next Miami game?
1: at uh Chargers man I think this is the battle for the seventh seed whoever wins this game has a leg up so if your if your Miami is really going to win the AFC they have to win this game and we'll see it's, it's at it's at LA Chargers but I mean that's basically that's basically a, game that's basically a home team. game for Miami
0: I got that as my my phone th- as well games to you- choose two more okay go ahead
1: uh Dallas at Giants um
0: That'll be a good one. I want to
1: see if the tenders, the Giants. And I also want to see how rain looks. And I'm not going to call him Dak until he stops throwing interceptions. It's
0: like uh, when Bill Parcells wouldn't give the uh, star on the helmet to the players until they earned it in yeah. training camp. They
1: did. The Browns did that, too, where they didn't get their little stupid stripes on the helmet. Oh, okay. It's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, what was your next one? Buffalo and New York Jets. This is a huge game for me and my prediction. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going <laughs> to— is going to be great. And I don't think that the Buffalo defense is going to be able to, to stop
0: them. Uh, anxious to see what, how that breaks down. Um, yeah, th- those are all, I mean, I'm excited for Sunday, man. Really? That's like, if I had to be just break it down like that, simply I say
1: all this and I'm out of town.
0: Oh man. Terrible. Mike, terrible. I mean, That's what it is. Man. Uh, I got to live life. You, yeah, you do. You do. Maybe not week one of the NFL season. I'm not getting season. paid for this shit. So I mean, know, it's true. Not yet, bro. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, my other game other than the the two i only had three so 49ers steelers and dolphins chargers i'm i'm really looking forward to those two like you mentioned uh, the third for me is packers and bears yeah. i want to see what jordan love looks like i, I mean there's so many bro you could you could come up with any game and there's going to be a reason I why have, i have i'm betting pay that
1: game so oh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: all right all right. I like it. So yeah, that's my, other, I just want to see, you know, where the bears are defensively. I want to see where green Bay is offensively and like what they look like out there. So uh, it should be a good game. I think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one a lot. So, uh, let's get into these bets, bro. All
1: right. So my first bet is a Los Angeles Rams at Seattle. Uh, I'm taking my five and a half, um, on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. So to me, this is an easy bet. If we can't win this game, then I don't know what we're doing.
0: Right. I hear you. Uh, I'll let you just run through your five. All right, Philly,
1: then... minus three and a half at New England. Let's get it all started off right. We'll see if New England's for real. I just think Philly's offense is too good. I think their defense is going to destroy <laughs> back Jones, hopefully. Maybe we will see uh, Bailey Zappi this year after all. <laughs> uh, my next one is... Green Bay plus one and a half at Chicago. I cannot believe Chicago's favorite here. I have uh, the only thing I can. think, The only thing is that th- is the uncertainty of what Jordan Love is.
0: I heard like Cause 80, top to
1: bottom the Packers are better team.
0: I heard like eighty percent money in that game is coming in on Green Bay and that's like the public money always loses. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the Chicago game. Oof, I don't
1: want to get off. I don't want to have this argument with you next week
0: too. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I told you about Chicago. I don't worry. Just wait, bro. I you better, him. you better hope. You better <laughs> hope that Justin Fields doesn't get loose, man. No, I, I'm not worried about
1: that. <laughs> um, I'm more worried about Jordan Love not being able to compete. All, All right. right. Miami plus three over the chargers. I'm actually taking Miami there. Um, I think that offense is too potent. I'm unclear about whether the Chargers are going to be able to stop that team. Right. Um, so we'll see. We will definitely see. And All then right. finally, I got Buffalo at uh, New York Jets. I took uh, Jets, which are underdogs. I 2.5. Yeah. Um,
0: well, we're betting opposite sides of that game. That's my first game, uh, Buffalo minus 2.5 at New York. Uh, I just think – I don't know. And I, Like I said, I think that Buffalo's – think that New York Jets offensive line can make Buffalo's defense look better than it is uh so I'm I'm just I'm anxious to see it I think that um I'm feeling good about Buffalo I think Josh Allen I'm hoping that it was just that elbow issue he was dealing with last year and he's going to be back on point uh we shall see and then I had Denver minus three and a half against the Raiders just Raiders I mean that's probably nothing, uh, that's probably a game
1: it. that I won't really.
0: I, I was struggling. I was struggling to try to to find games I want to put my, in week one.
1: The numbers were so close. There wasn't a lot. The the range was somewhere between two and a half and four.
0: Yeah, and it was,
1: They were running real tight on these on these spreads. So. if
0: I if I could, if I could get Denver, I could buy it down to three. I'd be feel a lot better about that one. But um, you know, I mean. I think Sean Eaton can't do anything to help that offense, and yeah, I, I and it's just, all
1: about execution. If that guy can't, true. if he can't throw down the middle, if he can't,
2: <laughs> well, we're gonna an we're offense. gonna get
0: we're gonna get to that in a minute because uh, that that uh, has something to do with Jeremy's question of the week. Um, the The third game I I found was Washington uh, minus seven at home against Arizona. I just feel like Arizona is clearly tanking Caleb Williams already. They uh, cut loose their uh, primary backup from last year, Colt McC- not Colt McCoy. I forget who it is now, but uh, Josh Dobbs. Josh, Josh Dobbs is going to be their quarterback, and uh, I mean, he's uh, yeah. I, I'm not. It's going to be a long year in uh, for Arizona Cardinals fans. I feel like this year. So,
1: well, I'm not even sure they get Caleb because if you're looking at the numbers, right, he's making three in nil, three mil.
0: If he Maybe he just comes back if he doesn't want to go play there. Why even? would
1: you? You make more money over here, and I don't. And I have a little. I have a problem with teams dictating who these guys can play for. Yeah. I get you sign a contract, but I sh- it should go both ways.
0: Like you should be able to pick who you want to go play for. Well, essentially,
1: yes. I'm, I'm. 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 I have a moral problem with people standing up on a stage and having old white men pick them.
0: <laughs> That's, okay. I, I got you. I got you.
1: So, there. I mean, to, to me, that just doesn't, the optics look really bad. And then once they get selected for that team, they, are, they absolutely lose all freedom and leverage to go and compete with the team that they want to. So So these players have to use this leverage at any point that they can. And I think, and if it's a, it, and it's not even about money at this point, right? Because he can right. make more money in L, NIL than he can. He's been a rookie, yeah. Uh, even if with the first pick as a, with the rookie salary cap, I
0: saw some stat last week about, I forget what quarter it might have been. Caleb Williams is making more money than like the, the top like it was like Trevor Lawrence. uh Joe Burrow and somebody else would have been like the number one pick. It was Joe
1: Burrow. The yeah. last
0: few years. It was Joe so. Burrow, yeah. I saw the tweet. Yeah, I can't remember exactly the exact tweet. but uh, Yeah, you know it's going to be I'm excited. I know this is kind of off of our topic of bets, but I think that's going to be interesting to see how this progresses with the NIL, with these guys able to get money um, and yeah, having a choice. Like I don't have to go I can take out an insurance policy against getting injured and I can, I'm going to get this three and a half million dollars, no doubt. And, um, you, you know, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I can, I can say, no, I don't want to go play for, you know, if, if you're Eli Manning, you can say, I don't want to go play for San Diego and I'm going they back should get to get rid school. of the
1: franchise tag. If sure. you don't make your guy happy enough to sound, sign, sign with them, then you can, they yeah. can go. Yeah. It's not true free agency if you can just continue to franchise tag them. But
0: can't you only do it for a year or two or something? Yeah, either way. No, you
1: can. You can. I, I think we looked this up. You can actually franchise tag them perpetually.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean that—that's definitely. But the not
1: numbers true. increase astronomical after the first three.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, it's uh, definitely something to look at, and I would imagine that the uh, Players Association is trying to get rid of. Uh, rid well, of they're the guys. ones that
1: signed all this stuff into. They allow this stuff in. I mean, a rookie salary cap is in place, in part, to protect owners from themselves. It's true. Like I, you're. Hey, you're the number one quarterback. I I can't pay you more than this.
0: Well, that remember, it used to be that whoever the number one pick in the draft was became the highest paid player in the NFL every year. Right. So it's just, it's in
1: place and yeah. it so it, from the player side and this is I guess how you sell it is that the the veterans are the ones that benefit from the higher salaries. You've proved yourself, you've been in the league, and you get to benefit from your second contract. The problem is, is that with an average of three and a half years uh, career, most of the players are not going to get their money because they're not going to make it to that second contract. Right. So you force the hand of the owner so they can't overpay um, for um, a quarter, a broken quarterback because they have to because their fan base expects it. And most of the players aren't going to make it to their second contract. And the fact is they just cut them anyway. There's no guaranteed contracts in the NFL. Right. It's all... it. it all favors the owners. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, man. Well, um, that was a good segment. Uh, let's switch over <laughs> to our diversity, uh, and we're gonna just like uh, we,
1: rip- got cr- we got we got of the week, dude.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, which one? Oh, question of the- my bad, my bad, my bad. Yep, Jeremy's question of the week. Mike. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day mm-hmm. because you don't see like super you don't see many Super Bowl champion quarterbacks. Um after they kind of lose their starting... Mike Vick
1: was the only thing I could think of.
0: Yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco, I guess, but... They, they, those was just... he an MVP? Anyway,
1: no. Was he MVP level
0: ever? I don't know. He had a good run for a he Super Bowl. He had a couple years there that were pretty good. Anyway, um, you know, a lot of times, star quarterbacks don't become backup quarterbacks. They just move on. So my question for you, and I guess it's this is, like, assuming that you thought this guy was ever a star quarterback but what does 2024 and beyond look like for Russell Wilson if he struggles again this year because we know that if if he succeeds and it's you know they're going to keep going but if he they can get out of that contract after this year for the most part it's going to be a heavy you know they're going to pay still heavy a 30 feed. million dollar cap hit yeah. or something but i mean if you if Sean Payton thinks he's not your guy then he's not your guy you're going to move on probably so cuz Sean Payton has security so
1: well, he might have enough leverage to, to move him out.
0: I will say I
1: would expand it to the 2023 season. I think this is make it or break it. It's funny because I had this opinion and then um, Sean Payton opens up his mouth and he says so this. Tough. Sean Payton <laughs> told quarterback Russell Wilson to salvage his career. He needs to focus less on Russell, Inc. And I think that's what it is.
0: I like the actual quote a lot. Better. Well, I'll get to that one better. I'll get
1: to, to that one as well. So. It seems like he's his public persona is more important to him than the reason that he's in the public. You see this from time to time where these star players, um, James Harden, become less about the sport or the thing. It, It could be an actor, the acting, because they are now just officially some sort of celebrity. Right, And he's more important in building a brand. It seems like he's more interested in building the brand of Russell than he is actually playing the game. So when you hear him talk about, I have these aspirations of owning a team and being an MVP and having all these accolades and making it to the Hall of Fame. Well, I'll tell you what, Russell, unless you figure it out like now, you're not going to the Hall of Fame because you had about a five-year window he Two years ago, he was in the MVP conversation at the beginning of the year. And then he has completely fallen through a trapdoor. And I have no idea why, over that period of time in a hurt thumb, that he could not figure out how to play the game of football anymore. And the only thing that I can think is that he is protecting himself, which, I, you know, fine. Then don't play the game. Be the celebrity. But if you want to play this game and be successful at this game, you have to step up and you have to do what it takes to be successful in that, in this game. And I don't think he's there.
0: He's the, he's the, uh, Maria Sharapova of NFL football players.
1: Whatever that means. All right. So you know, this is, you know what that means? I have no idea. All right. So, um, uh, this is a quote from Peyton. Will, will you, will you effing stop kissing the babies? You're not running for public office, off, uh, office. That's kind of a pretty. It's not. It's very clear what Sean Payton wants out of Russell Wilson. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If Russell Wilson can um, use some humility, take it down a couple of notches, hang in the pocket, do a rollout to give yourself passing lanes because you're short, dude. Just do what it takes to be successful and trust that Sean Payton is not going to turn you into a punching bag. And just, you have a great defense. You have an opportunity to ascend, at least into the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, man.
1: We'll see. couldn't
0: agree more. And I'm not, I I actually just told a friend of mine uh, who's a Denver Broncos fan. I I sent him that uh, quote from Payton and was laughing about it. And he's just man, he's like, I you know, I hope he can figure it out or whatever. And I'm like, I actually do too. I mean, Russell Wilson, good, bad, or indifferent, won a Super Bowl as a Seattle Seahawk. He's eventually gonna probably go into the Ring of Honor as a Seahawk. Or I mean obviously you'd have to be a Seahawk to go into the Ring of Honor here. But I wouldn't put him in. You don't think so? No, I no. wouldn't. I think he will. You might not. I think he'll eventually go in. Um, if yeah.
1: I, well, we have to look at the precedent. Who's in there now? And what did right. they do compared to what he did? I mean, maybe a Super Bowl win gets you enough, yeah, to be so. there. I think I think Jim Zorn is there. If Jim Zorn's there. He can. Pro- he yeah, should probably be there. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and I think like the the animosity from fans and even if like the organization after a few years after he's gone from the league and we're not seeing him saying Broncos country, let's ride or whatever bullshit saying he has. Um, I think that that that. Cooler heads will prevail and he'll come back into the fold and probably like Richard Sherman out there at practice and stuff like that.
1: I don't know because Richard Sherman has a has a certain level of authenticity that I don't think. That, that, that's has. very true too. And if you really want to come back to the graces of a fan group, you don't have to, you can be unauthentic and you can kiss your babies and do all the things that you want to do with Sierra and every, mm-hmm. And you can live your life, man. There is no need for you to come back at all. Right. But if you want to, if that's part of your goal, you need to be humbled about that. And you need to be authentic. I just don't think he's authentic. Yeah. And to me, he's like, like it turned like a dork, a clown. He, he is because he's creating a facade that knows what he is, and I don't need to know his deepest, darkest secrets, man. Right. I just need him to like answer a question. He act like honestly. a real person. Yeah.
0: yeah, he. It reminds me of the lady on the uh, the the plane that I was like, "That guy is not real," and freaked out and, and thrown out. She, was, she was
1: yelling at Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's
0: what I was, I was thinking <laughs> that too. That would been a good meme or something on uh for the internet, but. And speaking of Russell Wilson, in our diversity segment that we're about to get to right now.
1: Take corners first.
0: Oh, okay. Come on, bro. Oh, f-
1: I gave you the I outline. don't
0: have the take corner on here. God damn it. I don't know what I how I got missed that. All Guys, right, anyway. it's training
1: camp. We'll tighten this up for next season. So it'll we'll be fine. We'll watch the tape. We'll be fine.
0: All right, go ahead.
1: All right, take corner. Um Lawrence will win MP. Okay. I it's plus sixteen hundred on FanDuel. It's been that way since August. He's in that um like Aaron Rodgers level, Dak Scott level. Um, I think he has a really good offense. I think.
0: Ken Ridley, man, coming back. I'm, I'm anxious to see. I'm excited
1: that. to watch this team. I don't know how if their defense is there, but that doesn't seem to matter. I think, I think there's really if 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 you're not taking chalk, it's a great pick for you to, to put a hundred dollars down and see what happens at the end of the year with the sixteen plus sixteen hundred dollar payout. Um, And I think, I mean, stranger things have happened. All right, second take. Geno Smith will be the second best quarterback in the NFC. It's hard to compare NFC quarterbacks to the AFC because I think there's still three that are going to be, three, maybe even four, um, that are going to be higher than Geno Smith over there. I think Hertz is going to be in that four or five range, uh, but I see Geno being right there with Hertz in the NFC.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Third take. Kyler Murray will demand a trade before the 2024 season. I I
0: did have that on my list, too.
1: I had this back. I think when I think it was a hot take, but I'm I'm recycling it because I still think it's valid. And all the signs are pointing that way. We have a team that's thinking he is, by all intents and purposes, a horrible locker room guy and a horrible teammate. Uh, very selfish guy. I, I don't know what would be a good landing spot for him. Maybe he'll be a Raider Right. for all yeah, we know. Could be.
0: Well, and Michael Bidwell has shown that he's not afraid to walk away from a high draft pick quarterback to move on to the next one. So um,
1: They have no strategy. That's the problem. Right. Uh, hey, shiny new toy. Let's go get that. And let's yeah. bring in – I mean, I'm not sure about this Gannon guy who's their head coach now. I mean, I've seen some videos of him talking to the team and he just – looks like nonsense really i'm not sure i don't know why you do that like not bring an established person in um his gannon's leash is not going to line up with the four to five year timeline that we're looking at with arizona i think it's going to be a disaster an absolute disaster all right and frankly kyler murray should get out yeah (laughs) all right um, want to want to throw a uh, hot take in there?
0: Yeah, I got um unfortunately, I think that there's been some rumblings that the Washington Commanders may try to turn their team name back to the R word. And I think that the complete like lack of foreth- foresight with a lot of these NFL teams could see that happening. And I'm nervous is it Magic Johnson a part of that ownership group? I think I believe he said something about it that um I think Theisman had
1: said that the name was changing, but not back to that.
0: Okay, see I I heard her read somewhere that they were alluding to that it was gonna they were trying to get it changed. I think back. it was
1: like NBC Sports or CNN or somebody that was covering the team had basically stopped calling them the Deadskins. Okay. They started calling them the football team because Mm. they refused to use that nomenclature. Right. So my guess is, if that happens, the hell that they will pay. Yeah. The new owner will be hammered. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a good look. You are a bad team. You have been for a while. You're recovering from a horrible owner, and now we have a new owner, another rich mostly drunk white dude, I guess coming in here and just rolling back all of the, the progress that we've made. Right. I, I mean, it's not unusual in this country that that happens, but let's move forward, please. For the love of God.
0: 100%. Yeah. Um. Uh, my next hot take was just that Dion Sanders is such a him. breath of fresh I air in college him. football. I love it. I think that he know he's playing the game that he has to play the right way. He is calling out names. He is taking his team. I don't to the know top. about
1: the right way, but it is his way. Yeah,
0: or his way. I, I was. I think I told you. Maybe I didn't tell you, but I was watching. Uh, I saw a clip of uh, just on YouTube of him getting interviewed by uh, Pat McAfee, mm. and behind his desk where he was sitting in fairly big letters it says the better you play and then underneath it in huge letters says the more they'll pay and i was like what a freaking perfect synopsis mm-hmm. of what is happening in college football now like take advantage of this shit young man cuz you the you know get get this money while you can cuz that that's the you know you they've been taking advantage of you for so long that it is ridiculous so
1: i think the job that he is trying to do is a very important job not necessarily for the the united states right. or the institution of the university of colorado but for the kids that come there mm-hmm. he is honest about what the goals are and what he can do for you yeah he's not going to convince Um, a mother or a father or a kid to come in and God this and God that, even though he is religious, it, it, it's, it's about the end goal. I have always appreciated who he was as a player. He is the greatest cornerback of all time. He has the receipts. He has the trophies. He has the right to do this. He has played multiple sports at a high level. He's probably one of the best athletes in the history of at least this country. I'm talking like uh, Jackie Robinson not for what he you know what he meant to the country for example but more about he Jackie Robinson was a great football player. Great baseball player. Just Mm -hmm. a really a track star. Great athlete. I think From an athletic perspective, he's right up there. Uh, Man, I I think he's awesome. I'm buying it. I I hope he does well. Uh, I'm all for sticking it to the quote-unquote man, to the NCAA, to all these other coaches like Dabo Sweeney that sit here and like, I'm not taking any of that NIL people, and I will not accept anybody in the transfer either. Because Such I'm a, a man. Moron,
0: yeah. It's just—it's absolutely ridiculous. No, he does. No, they built their program off the NIL, but it was the name, image, and likeness of God. Yeah. Like, what a nut job, man! Oh man, no, dude! Oh man! Get out of here! All right. So that—that's my—that was only really my two, my only two hot All takes. All right. So. Speaking
1: of college, the new—the uh, newest conference alignment will be the death knell for the Oof. NCAA.
0: Yeah. Rest in peace, Pac-12.
1: Well, I don't even care about the conference. I think the NCA will go away. Because what happens is, is these teams will be, this these conglomerates will be so big. Why do they need the NCA to negotiate? Why do they need the NCA to run the tournament?
0: Right. Right. So you think that football will just break apart from the rest of college sports? Like the, all the Olympic sports and things like that? You think they'll stay in the NCAA? I don't or you f- think it'll be just nothing. I, I don't league?
1: think you need it at all. I don't think I don't think colleges care about any of the other stuff. Well, they don't. I think they they, drives everything. Football and basketball in some places, but but um, I mean, it's like even there, it's it's, it's pretty night and day between those two. Those are the big two. Let's put it that way.
0: Those are the only two that make money. Is essentially what it is. And women's basketball at a few college, like UConn and Tennessee, probably, but
1: yeah. But the money on the on the women's game was ridiculous for for the profit that they got i mean it was just free money flowing into espn this year because of the popularity that's growing in the the women's tournament absolutely it's ridiculous the the lack of parity in these in these payments and what these uh different student athletes get i hate the term student athletes and it's all because the ncaa has decided one thing or another uh they're an obsolete racist institution that was only formed to negotiate contracts for TV and they're out there dictating who can play and where they can play and all these different rules and I think they just need to go away
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more but yeah that, that'll be interesting man' to see how this plays out
1: now check this out this is a longer term hot take so we might I, we might have to revisit this in, in year 10 of the okay. line of game podcast all right the Sun Belt teams. We'll just call them pro teams. We'll have to relocate due to the rising costs associated with climate change. We're talking lack of water, increased cooling costs, insurance pricing skyrocketing. It was a good 50 year run, but I think it's over soon. Now, I look at all of these insurance companies that are running out of Florida. So you have.
0: So let me clarify real quick. So you're talking about the Sun Belt Conference itself? No, or are you Sun talking Belt. About Sun Belt teams. Like Sun Belt teams. All the SEC Any, teams, I, essentially.
1: I, I, I even said just look at pro. I'm okay. talking about. Oh,
0: okay, Jacksonville. You can
1: you can to L.A. Miami and Miami and Arizona, Texas, and New Orleans, or and the Texans. Anything in the, below the Sun Belt, Okay. All right. Or in the Sun Belt. Imagine you're the Miami Dolphins and now you've just been hit by the third Category 5 hurricane um, in in the football season, and all the insurance companies are leaving. How do you afford to keep rebuilding these stadiums over and over again with, with no insurance? It's all coming out of the... It's going to be so astronomically expensive at some point to maintain a team down there.
0: That's not a bad take, man, at all. Like, it's getting bad, so... There's three stuff.
1: major insurance companies that have refused to write any contracts in the state of Florida anymore. Like 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 AAA is out. Like all, and they they their headquarters is there. So it's wow. a trend we're going to see Texas will be following soon because they're not doing anything to fix their infrastructure either and they get hammered by hurricanes. Watch out Houston, you might become the Wyoming Wyomings, I don't know. They're not that creative. I mean, the Cheyenne-Wyomings, right. I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. Okay, I like it. All right.
1: It. Now, diversity. Now, I think what we decided to do is limit this to the sports docs that happened during the offseason.
0: And we're just going to do Three quick takeaways you said. Three quick takeaways for th- each. I don't um, have three for all of them, but I do. I have a I have I, have trust me. I'll ton fill. I'll fill some space. Um, but I that was okay. So my point, I was the reason I jumped over the hot take section was because Mike, we have a glaring omission from our sports. Dot summer sports doc series here. Yeah. Uh, that would be called God, Family Football, executive produced by Russell Wilson on freebie. We didn't watch that one. I. And I will never watch that one. Okay. So we don't have to. All right. Anyway, go check ahead. that
1: off the list. We yeah. don't need it. All we right. So we're going to start with quarterback. This is one of the best series that I saw this year.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a good look at three NFL court starting NFL quarterbacks. So we had Marcus Mariota, obviously. Um, I think. Oh, sorry. And this one's for you. Despite being an Oregon duck, he seemed like a really nice guy. Uh, Yeah, Uh, he doesn't make good decisions in high leverage situations. This is kind of my takeaway watching this. Um, And he doesn't have like the arm really to overcome those mistakes. Um, He's smart. He studies hard. uh, He's a great athlete, uh, but I think just ultimately a good backup. Mm -hmm. That was my takeaway on him. We have Kirk Cousins, um, much tougher than I thought taking some some licks he
0: had some he'd gotten beat up last year
1: now he's definitely a grip it and rip it type um i definitely see why shanahan likes him he's he's tough he's got a good good arm and he's willing to throw blind essentially so um really fits into that system pretty well Um, but he does make quite a few mental errors you know checking into a quarterback sneak at the goal line and then just getting stuffed he goes to the sideline and and his coach is like, What what are you doing? I, I had this call, Kevin O'Connell. I had this call. And he's like, I just I just, I just I just thought it was me. and he just he had like three or four examples of this in that season and man, I think I think Kevin Kevin wanted to strangle him a few times.
0: Yeah. And then what then we had Patrick Mahomes, the group, the best of the best. Uh
1: yeah. I mean, he's next level. <laughs> I mean he studies his butt off. He has a real yeah. plan for his body in the way that complements his playing uh, playing style and his body type, which I think is so unique. Um, he seems like he is really able to balance the stress of life uh, and the football field better than most. Yeah, His perspective seems to be pretty grounded. Um, he seems really happy with his personal life, despite like all the jokes you know his about about the a, people surrounding. Yeah. well uh, we're, we're not going to talk about him he, I mean he is what he is I guess and anyway. hey,
0: Mike you speak for yourself I can talk about him I'm just happy he wasn't involved in the project I think he was involved in the project of but anyway he, yeah, he makes
1: he makes this compound for himself this house and it's like he loads it with all the things that he needs to continue to hone his craft to maximize his time with his family it, to me, it's like he's emotionally and mentally already a, li- a elite quarterback. Yeah. He's doing the things that you need to do around the game to get yourself mentally and emotionally prepared to go through that. And I think it's really cool stuff. Yeah. There is there is this book I read called A Millionaire Next Door, and like the opening is basically one of the keys to becoming a millionaire over time. And we're talking about a guy just who assembles some wealth and 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 yeah. has a net worth of over a million dollars, right? Part of that is having a stable family with a with one wife. You're not splitting up your income in a divorce and all that kind of other stuff. Uh, there still Sylvester Stallone was on um, uh, Howard Stern and they were asking him, like you and you and Arnold were going one for one back in the day. What happened? And he goes, he had one wife. He's just able to amass and buy properties and became wealthy outside of acting because of the decisions that he made versus Stallone, just as, you know, right. finding a new wife every, every movie he was in. So, yeah.
0: Arnold just uh, kept, it, kept it close to home.
1: Well, I mean, that was, he's definitely an <laughs> older uh, dude at that uh, point. But yeah, I'm joking because I'm. He ultimately made the, the, yeah. the mistake. But yeah, um, he did screw up. I thought that anecdote was pretty telling. But I think Patrick Mahomes falls in that.
0: Yeah, he's seen, you know, it's his high is what like middle school crush or whatever, so it's been like the girl he's been with since he was a kid. I thought that I thought the backstory is really interesting. And I I heard an interview with one of the executive producers, obviously not Peyton Manning. Um, but he was talking about how he he had been, he'd come from the uh, a football life documentary series on um, NFL Network and he was saying that they basically Wanted to keep it to as few people being interviewed as possible. Focus on the quarterback only. You know, very little, minimal input from the coaches. Minimal input from wives. Not a lot of, not a lot of other players getting interviewed about them. It was just kind of what they're doing. Here's how they go about their business. I thought that was a very cool look at, um, you know, what, yeah, what, what the life of a quarterback is like. Yeah. Because you think about them being like the the glitz and the glamour and, and all the praise and all the, you know, you're getting all the accolades, but you're also getting all the blame and losses, things like that. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was that was an interesting perspective on it um, to see the work that they do clearly have to put in, like studying and, and all these different things. So um, you can really fun, see the, the
1: levels, though. So, like, Marcus Mariota had a personal chef, right? Right. And then. Uh, Kirk Cousins had an old couple come over and like were like work his back and right. and all that kind of his flexibility and stuff and then Patrick Mahomes had a whole like training facility built right specifically for him and it's just like you think you you hear like Russell was paying a million dollars a year to maintain his body LeBron, And LeBron James, and all these guys he spent a lot Lord, of money yeah. to maintain that health and uh, it seems like Patrick – I mean, Kirk Cousins can do it. He has about the same amount of money as Patrick Mahomes at this point. Um, So I don't know. To me, it's just I know where I need to be and I know what I, I need to do to get there. And I think just Patrick Mahomes gets it.
0: Seems like it does seem like it, and I think that probably having a professional athlete for a father probably plays into that a bit. But I guess then his brother's doing all kinds of wild shit on his own, so who knows? Um, but yeah, good, good point. Yeah, very good point. So, all right, so we're keeping this short and sweet, moving to the next one, right? Or you got uh, untold, Jake Paul. I'm all good. All right, let's go.
1: All right. Child abuse. That's the first thing that stuck out.
0: <laughs> that, that dad, dad was a, a <laughs> piece
1: P-O- a P-O- a POS that for sure. That dude was
0: a wild cowboy, man. That is for sure.
1: All right. So that was my first take. I was like, I mean, the second one, is he, was, he was really about this boxing life. He yeah. did use that to get himself mentally centered after a hard time. Right. So fine. And then finally, he's just a shyster. He's, just, he's using these platforms to sell random shit to random people. Right. He's pretty successful at it. He kind of I wouldn't say he boxes on the side, but that's kind of the vehicle for him to get out there in front of people. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the, him as a person. I don't think it really matters, but um,
0: he he came off. To, or I'll let you do. Your no, thing. go ahead. Go I, ahead. I felt like he came off as far less of an asshole as I was anticipating him to be when he going into this documentary. And I think he's just doing this stuff to sell tickets or get clicks or whatever the case may be. And it's a shame that I guess that's what he has to do, but that's what they've set up. That's what they've perpetuated since they were 15 or whatever is like, they have to get clicks. They have to do crazy outlandish things. Um, And now maybe he's trying to convert into boxing. And I think he's doing a lot for boxing. For boxers, for boxing. They're not getting trapped into these terrible deals with. And who knows if he's going to turn into one of these, like, you know, Don King type guys that are ripping off the the boxers that are fighting for him. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, you know, he seems like he's trying to help fighters at this point.
1: He seems to like boxing. And at his core, I can watch a a match of him. And I've seen, like, heavyweights. Fight some tomato cans too, right? It's not. Oh, he's he's facing all of these older guys and he's winning. Great, good for him. Yeah. But you watch the fights. He seems to can, he can handle himself. He can take a punch. It is what I it is. He was
0: gonna like. I thought Nate Robinson was gonna knock him out, and I was like, Nate Robinson's a professional athlete. There's no way this freaking YouTuber is gonna go in there he's got and not knock- right. He, you just watch yeah. out. Watch
1: out for that right. Yeah. So again, as as a child.
0: A victim of child abuse. As a
1: victim of child abuse, I have a lot of leeway for somebody that comes from a household like that yeah. and is a little nutty, because it's what happens. You, you get put in positions where you expect apologies from people, and they don't bring it. You get frustrated. You get angry. Um, uh, you're 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 mirroring behavior from from your abuser, and he's not changing and you can't accept that but you he's your dad and all this kind of other it just it's it's just a snowball of of bs that one right. has to deal with in that scenario so
0: right all right yeah and then uh, I did hear so I I watched a couple like kind of reviews of this just real quickly here before we move on to the next one sure um that everybody thinks jake is a jerk but really like you know him on a personal level like he's really like the nicest guy and that his brother is the one that is like who comes off as a a pretty nice guy now i know he was kind of more of a dick back in the day but he's the one that's still just a real jerk and jake is like the nice one and you know, what like helps people and does all kinds of stuff for his family and friends. So I thought that was an interesting cause I, I kind of felt that watching it and then like hearing that from people that know him also was interesting. So
1: I'm not sure I wanted to know that much about either of them. I was True. there for like an hour and in and out. Yeah. And those are my, I mean, my takeaways. It was interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting for sure. All, all right. right. Untold Johnny Manziel, Ooh. Johnny football. All right. Uncle Nate, his college friend, mm-hmm. high school friend, high school friend, laundered hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, mm-hmm. of money through Manziel's grandfather to avoid becoming ineligible in the NCAA. As
0: yeah. we
1: know and we've discussed before, the NCAA does not like student athletes making money. This right. was shocking to me that a literal crime was being committed here. Money laundering. <laughs> Just bonkers yeah. to me. All right. Johnny football era made billions of dollars for Texas A&M and the SEC. Um, for example, during the hype, uh, the Texas A&M Board of Regents approved a $485 million rebuild of Kyle Field, the, the home stadium for the right. Texas A&M Aggies. His substance abuse and lack of focus on the game of football was way worse than I thought. I think that was one of those shocking moments. Why didn't he work? He had this talent, and just unable to get better at what he was doing. Right. And the and the game of football was a was a huge thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I had written down that Johnny Manziel was the catalyst, or at least the most recent catalyst. Because you could lump Reggie Bush in here as well um, for nil for starting to pay the players because they were like we can't i think they were they just figured out they couldn't control it and it's like we have to do something so i think that i think that really he is the most recent catalyst for All NIL right. money.
1: i am so glad you said this because i had a question for you yeah and this is what i had my question was was johnny the last draw for student-athletes not getting paid And here we go. Shortly after he was drafted, Charles O'Bannon sued the NCAA. O'Bannon v. NCAA went to the Supreme Court, and they ruled in 2015 that student athletes should be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. This is the first domino to fall here. Mm -hmm. Four years later, Gavin Newsom signs uh, the California NIL law, which restored the right of college athletes in California to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Now this unquestionably would have been, would have given California universities and colleges a competitive advantage over all other NCAA member schools. This ultimately forced the hand of the NCAA making NIL and open transfer portal transactions, an option for all student athletes. How's that sound? It's
0: in- interesting man, interesting timing for sure, and it
1: was Johnny football that started it who, who
0: you know would chris have thought Chris it?
1: Weber was complaining about it back in nineteen ninety one yeah, and he's still not can't they took all his name and likeness off of uh everything, of everything yeah. at the University of Michigan let's let's bring back Chris Weber,
0: yeah put it, put it five put it, let's go Fab number five. four
1: should go on the rafters all right, moving on, untold balco did you watch this one?
0: I did i did fall asleep during part of it. It wasn't, yeah. it was kind of my, it was, yeah, it was like a blah, like whatever. Kudos
1: to Victor Conti for developing a product that was not illegal and not on the performance enhancing drugs list. Right. That's just what an it is. entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. That's what it boils so, down to. And that's ultimately why they couldn't really put up anything. The, he had plausible d- uh, uh, deniability everywhere. It seems mm-hmm. like the only person that he was directly involved with was Tim Montgomery. Yeah. when they were trying to go for that uh, um, 100-meter world record.
2: right, exactly.
1: Now, this is, I guess, shouldn't be shocking to me, but the only person that did any time for the Balco scandal was Marion Jones.
0: That's crazy, right?
1: The only woman. (laughs) It reminds me of that Theranos case where Elizabeth Holmes was sentenced to 11 years for security fraud, while men like Michael Milken who caused more damage in the global economy, was mm-hmm. sentenced to two years, and the CEO of Boeing, Dennis Mullenberg, who, who was the CEO during the 737 MAX crash scandal, yeah, where his decisions co- cost millions and uh, left hundreds of people dead. He served no jail time, and he got paid $62 million when he left. To me, these making an example of somebody, it just seems, like they take the low-hanging fruit. They take. They don't want to punish um, the big baseball players. They don't want to public go punish the big. The, they're going to yeah. go after. In You're this, they're going to
0: make an example of someone. Yeah, that's that's who got just, it. Just
1: it just sucks that it was uh, was her.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, untold swamp kings.
0: Got a lot on this one, so I'm going to let you just do say what you want to uh, okay. say. I'll
1: run through my points here. All right, Urban Meyer still lacks humility. God, he's a bully. just another deeply insecure man being put in charge of raising and teaching kids. Yes. Good times. Right. He doesn't even seem to be able to stand up to the same scrutiny that he expects his team to. He has like heart attacks and he's like stressed out and all this kind of loses weight. Uh, When push comes to shove, every one of these guys starts spouting off. I have to put food on the table. This is my livelihood. Uh, Just this, all this bullshit when the going gets tough. Right. He's trying to whitewash um, or wash away his sins in this doc, uh, basically saying, "I care too much. That's my problem." It's like you go to the interview, right? And the interview asks, "What are what are your weaknesses?" I just care too much, man. I, I, I work too break. hard. Give me a break. And it's just, it's just, it's such a, it's such a lame response to it this was whole thing. It definitely
0: an Urban Meyer fluff piece for sure.
1: Yeah, um, job interview. Uh, this team had a cute five year run, but they are not historically. Uh, uh, they're not, they're not that good. I don't think they're the best team historically in that state. Uh, there's two Miami Hurricane docs that were much better, oh, and, 100%. and those teams were much better.
0: Uh, I think that they were on. The precipice of becoming like what Alabama has turned into, what kind of Alabama took the torch from them and turned into um, after you know, Alabama had that like 15 year downturn. Not,
1: not with him at leadership. No. He is a flash in the pan. We had these mercenaries, when I work for the Bank of America, they have these mercenary bank managers that they'd send around for underperforming um, banks and they would come in and they stir some stuff up and the people that would complain would get fired and they would basically come in and force everyone. And you always get a good initial reaction. People are scared and they're selling and they're doing all the stuff that's uncomfortable and they're trying and trying and trying, but eventually it starts to level off again. I think that's what he is. He's a mercenary. He comes in there, he scares people. He only gets about five years in there he can't handle more than that because he's too intense and he's a bully and he's, you know, he, it just, it goes south. You can't, you can't s- sustain that level of dysfunction right. very long. And in fact, I don't know why he was like, he had an offensive system and he had a player as a, as a freshman that fit into that offensive system. And he kept playing Chris Leak. I didn't understand why he didn't go find somebody that fit that system and insert that person into the system.
0: I saw an interview with Cam Newton, and he was talking. He's like, the only thing I didn't, or like the thing, my biggest problem with the documentary, other than the people that they didn't talk to on screen, was that like the the thought that Chris Leak, he's like, Chris Leak was that dude. Like he was, he could make any throw. He's like, he was one of the greatest college quarterbacks I ever had like witnessed. And they tried to like sweep him under the rug. He's like, now don't get me wrong, Tim Tebow was that guy also, but don't act like Chris Leak didn't get basically get us there in that that first championship. So
1: didn't fit his offense.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. So all right, I'm gonna let you finish up your points on this one. No, I'm good. All right, um, so I watched this docu or this uh, uh, a gentleman named Jack Mack. He works for Barstool Sports as one of their college guy college football guys. And he went through and listed all of the things that they, how they screwed. This should have been the best documentary we have seen. How many times have you heard somebody say, man, we need to get a documentary about the the 2008 Florida Gators? Like, uh, I've heard that a million times in the last year just because of all the players and all the stuff that's happened since.
1: And it's untold, man. You're supposed yeah. to capture. I
0: want, the, I want the behind the scenes, like the dirty, like down in the dirt stuff. So he went through and listed off all the things they didn't cover. Number one, I'm just gonna rip through these, so you can comment after. Your world, yeah. Forty-one players from that team were arrested while at Florida or after leaving the program, and it was so bad that in '09. The Orlando Sentinel started an online database to track player arrests. Um, didn't it? There's only 85 players on a team, Mike. Scholarship players. 41 of them have been arrested or either were arrested while at Florida or have been arrested since. Uh, Number two, Aaron Hernandez was only mentioned one time by Tim Tebow while he was whispering, like which he was doing the whole show, which was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, You have to talk about Aaron Hernandez. I know there's been documentaries about him. He was a huge part of that team. You can't just brush over it. I mean, I know we all know he was doing some wild shit while he was down there anyway. Um, Number three, the Pouncy Twins didn't get talked to, didn't get, they barely talked about them. They were in it a few times. Um, But after their time at Florida in 2014, they started a brawl and were arrested at a Miami nightclub and said the reason it happened was that another patron of the club was acting too gay and ruining their time. Uh, Number four, Cam Newton, arguably one of the best college football seasons of all time, uh, you know, you had Cam Newton and Tim Tebow, two Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks, on the same uh, same team. Kicked off the team at Florida for stealing laptops, which has been documented pretty pretty uh, well over the years. But it should have been in this story. I feel like somehow, and
1: he, the re. With all the crimes they committed on that team, why stealing a laptop was such a big deal, I think he stole a laptop of some high-ranking school official, or Uh-oh. the son of a high-ranking school official. See,
0: I heard it was—so I read an article, it's multiple laptops, and the cop showed up at his house, and he threw them out the, like the back window into the bushes, and the cops were like, what are these laptops doing here, Cam? And he's just like, I don't know. And, when he
1: threw it, was he not looking at the target?
0: Probably not. Probably not. Okay, number five, Percy Harvin. Briefly mentioned in the documentary for being one of the best college football players ever. Uh, Urban Meyer, I think, said that he was his, the, the most explosive college football player he'd ever uh, been around. Um, he, uh, they, they didn't mention in the uh, documentary that he uh, had choked out and slammed his wide receiver coach to the ground. During that 08 season, which is crazy. Uh, number six, Riley Cooper, never even mentioned in the documentary. Infamously called uh, a black security guard the N-word at a country western concert. He it was an Eagle by then. In his pro though. day, yeah, but still, man, yeah. it's just another guy. I'm sure there was something that happened at Florida with this guy. Um, duval Seven, Tony Joiner, who's who was who Tim Tebow's roommate and best friend. Uh, broke into an impound lot to break his girlfriend's car out and was arrested along with uh, one of the safeties on the team who drove him to the, to the car lot. Um, Ronnie Wilson, who's part of the 05 recruiting class, was arrested for slapping a man in the face and throwing him on the ground outside of a club and then popping his trunk and pulling out his AK-47 and just shooting it in the air like he's freaking Scarface. Uh, that might have been an interesting t- thing to talk about. Uh, Jamar Hornsby was arrested for making over 70 fraudulent charges on a dead woman's credit card. Carlos Dunlap got a DUI like two nights before the SEC championship game uh, in 09, I believe, that uh, cost them the game to Alabama. I mean, he got suspended for that game, so their best defensive player doesn't play in the SEC championship game, and that's basically when Alabama took the torch from them and, and has never given it back. Uh, Chris Rainey, who is interviewed in the documentary, was arrested for sending his girlfriend a text saying, it's time to die. Didn't touch on that. Why didn't they ask him about that? That's a little interesting. Uh, Zach Smith, who eventually was one of the key reasons that Urban Meyer was fired from Ohio State, or at least had to leave Ohio State, was a graduate assistant at Florida in 2009 and arrested for aggravated assault of a pregnant woman, his wife, uh, because he wanted a he came home at 3 a.m. and wanted a female staffer to stay over and his wife was not having that. And they got in a fight and he eventually picked her up by her shirt and threw her against a wall. Uh, 13, they tried to brush off urban Meyer retiring and then coming out of retirement three days later as saying he was dehydrated when the nine one one call was horrific. His wife was screaming his name saying he had chest pains. He was unconscious. Uh, And then he's back on the sidelines for 2010. And in the spring, he got into it with a reporter for the Orlando Sentinel at the time, Jeremy Fowler, who's now a famous ESPN uh, NFL reporter, and threatened to fight him because he reported a quote from a wide receiver saying that he was happy they finally had a real quarterback after Tim Tebow had graduated. Uh, the team ended up eight and four. Urban Meyer resigns, taking the Ohio State job two years later, which I thought was interesting since they beat Ohio State in their one of their two championship games.
1: Well, it was the a, end. It was a puff piece, and Untold should end. be ashamed.
0: Yes, <clears throat> um, I just wanted to let you know these next two are all you because I did not watch those.
1: You didn't watch Underrated.
0: I started it, fell asleep, and just did not have not had the time to get back to it. All right, so well, you go ahead.
1: Loved. I mean, I love the editing of this movie. It was fun to see the totality of that Davidson run and how it paralleled that 2022 NBA championship. They would cut back and forth. It was very much like um, the way that they cut in The Last Dance. Okay. So I thought it was really well done, seamless. Um, It was really fun to watch. Um, uh, it's definitely curated by Steph. Uh, no real like controversial moments. I really wish they would have had given more, the, more, uh, given us another ten minutes of the work they did to get his body prepared because he was having all those ankle injuries, and then they had trainers come in and he started a different kind of workout program to strengthen certain areas of his body, and then he became the Steph that we now know and love. And I wish I would have liked ten minutes, like a montage or a discussion about what that took to get to that space. Yeah, um, they did. They did show all of his ankle injuries. Like there was a montage of ankle injuries, and then him mm-hmm. doing some some work. But I would have liked to see. I mean, the doc was only like an hour forty. Give me ten more minutes. I'm already in it have something like that. Yeah. So that was my take on under I would I would watch it. It's great. I'm going to
0: it's on my list. I'm going to definitely check it out. All
1: right. Destination NBA, you didn't check this out? Did not have. A G League Odyssey? Ringer Ringer Pictures?
0: Okay. okay. I didn't know they were making movies now. That's
1: um, this is uh, there is definitely a reason that some guys are in the G League. All right. So I thought there was like a few types of players you have Players with immense skill and athleticism but are perceived to have the la- a lack of body type to compete in the NBA. So you have a shooting guard that's like six foot. That's not the idea, I- right. ideal body type. Um, so you have those types of players. Um, you have the delusional confidence guy. Uh, they definitely have the size and physical ability to be in the NBA. But they have this like mental hitch. Uh, that constantly gets in their way. Like they get on a team and they start talking to the coach about why he's not getting more playing time. And you're like, well, you're the third shooting guard on our depth chart. (laughs) You just play the minutes I want you to play. Ultimately, if you succeed in playing that role, that's how you elevate. And you can become a James Harden from that position but you have to like hang in there right Mm -hmm. so it was really really interesting and then there's the true development player they aren't quite there yet uh, with their technique or um, or their understanding of the game they're out of position stuff like that Uh, perhaps they have to work on their bodies their defense uh, find a niche for themselves three and D guys for example I think these players really have potential to make the league if they work on it you can see like Gary Payton the second uh, Seth Curry, Spencer Dinwiddie, these types.
2: Yeah.
1: And then finally, obviously, um, the, the G League has allowed young players who want to not go into uh, the NCAA Scoot or Henderson, basketball. Right. Scoot like Henderson is a perfect example. Young players who don't want to mess with college. These players perhaps have the highest potential for making it into the league um, or at least, you know, getting drafted. Um, these are highly recruited players that want to start making money now. And... Uh, play against better talent. So it's yeah. an alternative to going overseas, I guess. I'm
0: interested. I want I'm going to watch this one too for sure. All
1: right, BS high. You watch this, right? Oh, yes, yes. All right. So you have you have some points here?
0: I do. I didn't have it written down though. Okay. So I screwed up, but uh yeah, I do have some points on it. This was wild, the Bishop Sycamore.
1: Yeah. Uh, so taking advantage of a kid and their dreams to me is the lowest form of humanity. He was taking out loans, PPP loans on these kids' name had him sign their social security numbers and all this stuff. I think that alone should put him in prison. To me, that's fraud. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And there's no repercussions for this guy.
1: Not yet. Um, Hopefully there will be. I'm not sure how he continues to get away with things to that point. Um, Right now, it seems that the infractions are small enough that it doesn't really affect the way he moves. Uh, But guys like this cannot stop. They will continue to press the envelope they will continue to think that they're um, uh, that they're you can't get to them. Um, they're constantly pushing the envelope. They're sooner or later they're going to end up in prison or dead because they took it out too long or yeah. they thought they were invincible and did something crazy. Um, I think I, I'm hoping. That after re- that, that there's some lawyer, there's somebody out there that can help these kids that got, that kid had a hundred thousand dollar, $20,000 PP loan in his name and he didn't sign any of the documentation. I'd like to go back and unpack that and free that from that kid's credit report yeah. so that he doesn't have to be hamstrung with that his entire life. Cause that's the kind of things that keep people from progressing through life. Because that's always going to linger. And there's no way he's going to be able to pay that back.
0: Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. So the guy is just a complete con artist. Do you have his name down there? I forget what his Roy
1: name was. Roy something. Roy
0: Johnson or something like that. I yeah. think it was. Anyway, terrible human being. It's on the Max app. Everybody should check this out. It, it was shocking. I like and how little, like, he still lies. He just will not accept responsibility for anything he did. He's like, oh, I did it because of this. I did it because of that. Oh no, that's not true. Oh yeah, I guess it is true. But blah blah blah. It's he was very
1: calm until he something would spark him, and then he turned into a like an, a maniac. Yeah. So, all right. So finally, I have Hard Knocks Jets 2023. Right. Watched episode five today. Yes. Um, this is really the Aaron Rodgers show. I mean that UFO story was out, out that of this was world. great uh, no i'm glad that
0: i so me and mike talked last week and i he told me it was there he's like yeah there's only four episodes this week that's all they had season. in the
1: I'm imdb not, I'm not no no you, that I'm that not, was I that agree. was that was where i was going from because okay. I, I thought it was weird there was only four so yeah, i went I'm to not, imdb i'm not criticized.
0: i'm not me I, I i love talking shit to you so it's fun anyway i got to be like oh you were wrong not that i like to tell you you're wrong anyway that, uh, that seemed
1: like sarcasm on the text it
0: was yeah thick thick sarcasm uh <laughs> But yeah, so I was very happy that there was a fifth episode because it kind of, you know, wraps everything up for me. And and I, yeah, the, the Aaron Rodgers UFO story was fantastic.
1: Quinn Williams is a gem.
0: He's great too. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun to kind of watch him. That whole thing where he's like, Mike Evans called me fat. Yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> he was
0: very, and he like, he genuinely seemed offended, like just like hurt by that. I mean, and, one,
1: and one guy's like, man, you're not fat. You're proportional. He goes, man, f you. Just that whole interaction was was classic. That was great. That was great. And my final takeaway from a like a personnel or I guess character perspective is Nathaniel Hackett is a fucking dork.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: And I don't mean like (laughs) Kirk Cousins kind of like lovable dork. I mean this guy likes the third installment. (laughs) Gold (laughs) member. (laughs) <laughs>
0: of, uh, yeah austin a, powers austin powers movies like what I,
1: yeah he's just a freaking nerd man i i like nerds i have uh i have an affinity for right yeah. this guy's just a dork it's like he i don't know how this man could be could to be a leader of men
0: in, in the especially in the nfl where it's just like straight alpha dogs yeah everywhere you turn I mean, it's, it, his dad it, was a coach. He's just got to be a great uh, like offensive mind. Maybe, to be able to.
1: maybe, but Aaron was on the field like this doesn't work, that doesn't work. Why are we calling that? Yeah, it's and then true. just basically unpack that and had a second round where they were just like killing the yeah. defense.
0: I could I could see why Denver was, was like we're going to hire him because we think we're going to get uh, get Aaron Rodgers and then oh Aaron Rodgers is staying and we have to turn we have to pivot to Russell Ooh. Wilson like just to – That was not a good not not a great situation so robert Uh, sala
1: loves him a deep metaphor
0: oh and they were some of them were fan they 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 basically started and ended the series with his metaphors and it was great
1: well i will say a lot of it's like cliche and stuff but he delivers it with a lot of passion um so i really like that piece it seemed at least that the players were buying into it which is another kind of like check that that is a good. He sounds like a good leader. I think a lot of people are unclear whether he's a good coach or not. But I, I feel like he, he's good there. I thought Cliff, in the in the uh, in season Cardinals when yeah. he was, I felt he was a pretty good coach at dealing with his players Me and stuff. Too. I thought he got you know thrown under the bus there. I think Saul is the same thing. We'll see if he can game plan and, and manage that piece of it this year. This is kind of like. want to talk about make or break year. This is a big year for him. He's, he's got all of these pieces in place. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I thought, you know, I, I wanted to see like an expose about, or I wanted to see like a takeaway of like Aaron Rodgers talking about ayahuasca or something. Um, just aside from, aside from the football stuff in the documentary, um, it, you know, I know we talked about, we thought there was only four episodes because I know they weren't going to do the cuts this year. Yeah. And I think they only really highlighted two cuts. And they were both guys, I think, that made the practice squad.
1: Um, No, they only focused on one cut.
0: Well, one at the end of episode four, they cut that white kid.
1: Yeah, but he didn't make the practice squad, did Okay,
0: yeah. maybe he didn't then. All right, anyway, so... They would, yeah. Then in the last episode, they only highlighted one person getting cut, and it was that uh, Tanzil.
1: Uh, Tanzil S- smart. Smart, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he was, a, he was really great in the show too. And uh, you know, it, it was, it was good. And but I kind of like if I'm getting cut from an NFL team, and I'm like an unknown rookie kid, I would rather them they they just like I I wish they would have done more documentation of some of the undrafted rookies or like end of the roster guys like they do on the previous season. Sure. Because, you know, if I'm an NFL player, and I'm about to get cut. I would rather like that, that can go back and show my kids, like, look at this was cool.
1: I would say even go farther than that. First of all, I think the season was a bit trite.
0: Yeah.
1: It's only, they were only focusing on the starters right. to your point. Not, it's not just about the kids. That's Michael Jackson's things. Yeah, he that's... was about the kids. I think this is like, I have tape. I was on hard knocks. You saw what I was working with. You saw it's my, it's part of my resume.
2: Yeah.
1: You saw the feedback I was getting. You saw how hard I was working. I think it's important for those players to have those moments.
0: Right. No, I agree, man.
1: Cause no, we know, we know like what we want to know about Aaron Rodgers. But we don't know about a lot of these kind of fringe players that come in. Yeah. And that's that's the fun part. The whole wide receivers, the two wide receivers, Brownlee and um, Xavier Gibson. Yeah. That was kind of fun, a kind of like fringy yeah. guys that were right there.
0: But those are really the only, I guess those guys and Smart are the only three they really touched on. Right, for and the most part, and they all three made the team. So, yeah, it, I, I just thought I thought they could have done a better job of like mixing yep. in. Uh, Agreed. Old, yeah, I don't need to hear Randall Cobb's take on a lot of stuff. Like, who who the fuck is Randall Cobb anymore? I yeah, give him his moment, man. Yeah. His I moment. mean, yeah, give him his moment, but like we didn't need to hear from him every episode. Is yeah. my thing. So. All right, so now we are up to. Uh, We're herding goats. Herding goats.
1: All right, this is a new segment we came up with towards the end of last year. We talk about uh, goats' greatest of all time. But it's also like if you're really bad at something, you're also the goat, the person that messes up. So we have the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I'll start with the good, Deion Sanders. We talked about it at length already. I think he had a great, great weekend. Um, whether he's successful in the season or they, whether they have a good season or not, we don't know. But man, that was a great opening opening week for him.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, that's why I brought it up earlier. Um, my good, Mike, is that Shannon Sharp got away from Skip Bayless. Cuz I think I actually was thinking I don't know how
1: that man has a job still, Skip Bayless. I don't
0: either. I, I me and um, me and uh, our friend Primo, I'm going to call him our friend. Our friend Primo from now on. Yeah. Uh he we were thinking he needed to get the only way that he could keep that show successful and entertaining I thought was if he got Jason Whitlock. Oof. To come on and debate him so that he could look like a that, good person
1: again. That's too much racism yeah, on one screen.
0: Probably true. Uh, so anyway, I'm I'm so I actually I watched a couple uh, like at least segments of the Skip or Shannon Sharp and uh, Stephen A. Smith show, and it's it's entertain I, I was I, I liked it a lot more than I liked the previous iterations of Stephen A. Smith stuff or the Skip Bayless. I season.
1: I lived in a household where people yelled at each other all the time. <laughs> over stupid shit, so yeah. I have no desire to watch any of these shows. I
0: probably am still not going to watch either of them, but I'm just happy that uh, – I like Shannon Sharp. I think he seems like a fun guy, just a nice person. So Yep. Um, and I like a lot of his takes, so anyway.
1: All right, so the bad. Um, I'll start off. Uh, the Bengals, this has happened during the offseason, backed an Ohio bill to limit pro-athlete disability compensation. Cincinnati so ownership nice. has proposed an amendment – to the Ohio Revised Code 4123.57, the partially disabil- uh, Partial Disability Compensation Clause on the Workers' Compensation section, the amendment read, athletes who are under contract to play for professional sports teams are not eligible to file for or receive permanent partial disability award under this section.
0: Disgusting.
1: Basically undermining the, the very sport that they— they (laughs) that they run to me it's uh um if i mean i guess you can propose whatever you want to propose but i think to me that's just ridiculous and anybody playing for that team the nfl should go maybe we shouldn't do this i actually added a a bonus here for bad it's the two from uh you know michael orr and blindside oh yeah and their and white saviorism So there's like that whole. There, I I didn't want to get
0: into that because there's a lot of like, I, I don't know what to believe at this point. There's, it sounds like, there may be some contradictions in what he's saying and what they're saying. So I don't want to, I, I want to wait till some more comes out about that before I really dive too deep into it. But yeah, it's, it looks bad, looks real bad.
1: Well, my, my, my initial reaction was uh, the twoies have the problem, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, I, mine, mine as well. Um, my, my bad was the running back market and what this is going to do to football. All right. I had
1: that for ugly. So let's, let's just kick right into that. So yeah, yeah, the running back market. Go ahead.
0: I just, you know, the fact that guys, I I mean, I get it. If you don't want to pay a middling running back, who's about to be in his late twenties or early thirties, but Jonathan Taylor is arguably the best or second best running back in the NFL and he can't get a deal.
1: Why are we pegging valuations of positions to a certain dollar range? Why why would the Players Association allow this? Why yeah. are we saying, we know quarterbacks are more expensive. Shouldn't the market and the pricing for that dictate? Why does it have to be pegged into some space? You can pay this much for a quarterback. You can play this much for um an outside rush rusher play this much for a running back and this much for a star receiver it's it, it to me and what about the these guys that bring extra value to the table like yes i am considered a running back on this list but i also return punts return kickoffs i'm i'm catching ca- i'm catching I'm, I'm catching for 600 yards a year. Like, why are we not like? Can we just a la carte pay these guys? Can all we right. get bonuses for hitting for, uh, certain benchmarks and other and other you know situations? Yeah, we
0: got to do something.
1: I, I mean, they're they're taking a very valuable position to the overall success of the team. Not necessarily a single player at that position, but the running back all up mm-hmm. is important. The running game is an important component. They do it half of their offense it's an important part of the game yet they're devaluing that for some reason because i assume they don't want to pay a lot of money for a running back that after 5 years in the league turns into, you know, a, a, a broken <laughs> a broken player broke down yeah so i i brought up this question who was in your opinion who was the last like elite running back Catching, throwing, or not throwing, catching, running—like all of the the qualities, elite.
0: Ladainian Tomlinson.
1: That was my answer as well. I, I I said I would discuss the possibility of Adrian Peterson, Adrian but he Peterson. couldn't really catch. That's true. Like Ladainian did. Um. So I think that I mean that's a guy from the early two thousands, right? That's it's been almost twenty years since we've had like a really elite I mean, running back. I
0: guess the, I would almost put Christian McCaffrey in that too, though. Like he does all that stuff
1: more injury than I'd like to see. Absolutely. Like you missed I'm an entire he, season. Yeah, But I'm
0: just saying he, he has all those skills. I feel like.
1: I think the solution here ultimately is to pay run, pay the position a la carte. So if yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry, I'll be your running back, but I am not fucking returning punts. So you can pay me my nine million, but I'm not returning a damn punt. I'm not returning not a kickoff. Not playing special teams. Um, I'm not going out there in the flat and catching shit. I'm just right. going to run. You want me to run? I'll run. And I think of it. Oh, if you want me to be an intricate, integral part of your passing game as well, I need to be compensated for that piece. I mean. Ultimately, it's going to take these players just go f you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my car dealership and I'm gonna spend the rest of my life, you know, doing other things. And they're gonna lose that talent, and it's gonna be a shame. And, um, and you know, ultimately, the game will completely remove them. Unfortunately, right. and it's just I don't know. I I want to see them in there because they're exciting. Um, it just sucks.
0: Absolutely. All right. What's your ugly? Uh, My ugly actually is conference realignment in college football. And we kind of covered that already. I just, I feel, I feel bad. So I'm a, I'm a Washington Huskies fan through and through rolling your eyes over here. I love, I've been going to games since I was six years old. Love the Huskies. Uh, I feel bad though for Washington state. I feel bad for Oregon state and for these teams that are going to get left in the in the wake, I mean, Oregon State just did a full remodel of their stadium. So did Washington State. They've it's, been spending yeah. like up
1: to like thirty million dollars,
0: thinking that they're going to get and you know be have a Pac-12 to rely on to get them a a decent contract for TV. They're going to end up in the Mountain West or something, making so nine million dollars a year. A
1: little background on this is that a couple of years ago, the Pac-12 was in negotiations with Fox and ESPN. And they were and they were offered some around thirty million a team, uh, to to play their games, and they turned it down. And there was some talk about expanding from the twelve to like fourteen or fifteen. Then you become one of these mega conferences, and you can um, warrant uh, a paycheck of what they were looking for. I think they were looking for thirty or fifty or forty or fifty million dollars mm-hmm. per per school. Um, and what happened was the Big 12 said, we'll do it.
0: And we'll add all these teams. Well, that happened time. after
1: the fact. Well, it was uh, USC and UCLA that were adamant. They didn't want to add new teams.
0: And then they bailed on us.
1: So once that money went over to the Big 12, UCLA and USC bailed to the Big 10. Right. And now there we have what? 18 oh and then arizona arizona state utah colorado, and colorado utah. all go to colorado
0: went on their own and then the other three followed them okay like the next they go to week, the big basically. 12 yeah
1: and that leaves washington oregon oregon state washington state
0: cal and stanford cal and
1: stanford cal and stanford are rumored to go to the acc that'll that probably could, that happen just happened, yeah so UW
0: dub and oregon bailed for the big 10 yeah
1: but they bailed and the Big Ten said, I'm, "We're not paying you thirty million dollars. We don't need you. No, like, they, they, we'll they, take less.
0: No, they're paying them. They're paying everybody else like between sixty and oh, seventy right, million. Oh, right, that's right. That's So right. UW and Oregon they're are getting paid take less the than everyone million, else. Yeah. 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 which is they're basically making what they would have made in the Big Twelve. So what was
1: the Pac-12 12 is now the Pac-2 with Washington State and uh, Oregon, Oregon State, State kind of sitting out there with no real conference to be in next year, and a lot of these schools to their own detriment." have spent a lot of money in preparation for this um, big uh, TV money right. to co- to compete, quote-unquote. Right. And they're going to be left holding the bag. It's unfortunate it's shame, what man. they're doing it's to, a shame. Uh, to college. Well,
0: now – and like, yeah, if, if, you know, UW, I mean, and Oregon have to go now to – they're going to have to play games at Rutgers every so often. And in the other sports, you're going to probably play them at least once a year. Like in the smaller, like gymnastics, you have to go to the East coast, like three times a year to go. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Like the, the, the travel expenses alone are just going to be astronomical compared to what they are.
1: It's nothing new. In a like, regional- there was that, um, Requiem for a big East. It was a 30 for 30. It basically mm. outlined the, how the big East and, and basketball, was created um, and flourished in the 80s and 90s. And then football started to kind of get added in. So you added like Miami and Pitt and all these other schools, and it all became about football money. And then all these other teams started jumping to other conferences. Miami goes to the ACC. Syracuse goes to the ACC. All these teams dip out of there, and then it basically destroys um, the Big East. That's what we're seeing here.
0: Yeah, I think. uh, Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a shame. You know, the kids are the ones that are going to suffer in the in the long run. And, you know, I mean, yeah, hopefully, like you said, we can just do away with this BS NCAA and just get to what it is. And, you know, how
1: about this? How about you have stages? Like you have five levels, like Premier Soccer or something. Like I would that. love that. I've been, then, yeah, I've been
0: saying that too. So you
1: have fifteen teams in each one, right? So fifteen times five—that's how many people can participate in this. The top, the bottom five in the top in the top tier go down to the next level, and the top five from tier two go to tier one, and so on and so forth down yeah. the line. You get some turnover. You get some exciting things, just potential for recruiting and advancement into the higher level. I don't know. It'd be fun.
0: Yeah. Love it, man. I love it. But, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, going to put a wrap on on our training camp episode of season three of the Line to Gain podcast. So uh, looking forward to the season, Mike. And uh, we will be back with you guys next week after an exciting week one.
1: Yeah, I've been really inspired by Cocaine Jim Merce this week. Jeremy, if I die tonight and you're not podcasting anymore, no one's going to miss us. Uh-huh.